I'm an executive tycoon, an executive craze, caught up in the web of corporate names, with a handshake All right, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of American Billiard Radio. My name is Mr. Bond, and I will be your host once again for this evening. It is July 3rd, 2014, which means tomorrow's July the 4th. Happy Independence Day to you, buddy. Hope you guys uh, can all be safe. Don't blow anybody's fingers off. Don't drink too much. And if you do, don't drive. That's the important part. So... Got lots of cool things going on on the show this week. The um, Junior Nationals just took place this past uh, weekend. And that turned out to be a uh, history-making event. They had uh, two brothers, Nick and Rick, took uh, titles in the um, 18 and 14 and under category. And then, of course, you had uh, Taylor and April took the uh, the girls categories which by the way we are going to be talking with today miss april larson of minnesota she has uh, clinched her third junior national title in a row now playing nine ball in the uh, 14 and under category tell you what if uh, if there was ever somebody to predict to come back as a world beater uh, this is one of those people that could do it, you know. So, uh, all you investors, <laughs> buy the April Larson stock. There you go. There's your stock tip for today. We're going to be right back with uh, April. We're going to talk to uh, Mark Griffin and Ozzy from Q Sports International. Stick around. Great show. Be right back after this. Welcome back, everybody. I'm joined with uh, April Larson of uh, from Minnesota. Where exactly in Minnesota are, are you from? I'm from Bloomington, Minnesota. Bloomington, Minnesota. Okay. Is that like uh, north or south or central or what? Kind of central. It's like 40 minutes away from Minneapolis and St. Paul. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I know where you're talking about. I've been up there. It's uh, It gets cold up there, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, I I'm not jealous of you. I, I would put it to you that way. It's it's bad enough for us yeah. in Chicago that uh, I don't want to go any further north. That's all I'll tell you. Um, so anyway, um, you just took the 14 and under junior title uh, th- for the third time in a row. Now that's pretty doggone impressive. How long have you been playing? I've been playing since I was about eight or nine competitively, but I was introduced to the game at about like six. Okay. Okay, cool. And how did that happen? Did, was it just like your parents or what? Yeah, I went to a league night with my dad when it was just family, and I loved hanging out with family, and then it kind of started getting into where I would get a table for the night and just shoot all night long and i got a passion for it awesome no that's awesome 
That's a that's a great way that's a great way to to get introduced to it um, through your family because then you don't have to try to convince them that it's that it's fun. They already think that it is, you know. So uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's pretty cool. Is your dad uh, your main teacher, or do you see instructors, or what? Um. So I've had three people that have given me lessons. Okay. But, yeah, for the most part, my dad is, yeah. Okay, excellent. Well, congratulations to you for the win, and congratulations to them uh, for being your backers because uh, that I want to say being a parent myself, um, that's a pretty big commitment uh, to you and what you love. So that's pretty cool that they, that they do that. And, uh, wow. Yeah, it is. It is very cool. Um, and for the, your third time in a row, man, are you uh, – a world beater here, or what? <laughs> no, I. Uh, it's been very exciting every time, and I love going to that tournament. It's awesome. Yeah, well, it sounds like it would be a blast. You know, I didn't uh, play in any um, when I was that age. I didn't play in tournaments at all, so uh, I kind of missed out on that. I, I really wish that I had. It seems like it would be a lot of fun. Are you friends with the? Yeah. Are you friends with the competitors? With the other people? Yeah, most of them I know really well. Okay, okay. So you're gonna move up though this this next year, right? You're going to the 18 and under. Yep. Okay, you're gonna go for Taylor. You're gonna take out Taylor. Is that what this is about? <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know if she's gonna be in it next year. If she is, then I'll. For sure, be competing against her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is very true. That's very true. No, she plays really well too, uh, from what I understand. Um, yes. Do you um, is nine ball your favorite game, or do you just play that exclusively, or do you uh, do you enjoy some of the other games too? Well, I play eight ball for most of the year. This is the only tournament nine ball that I play in. Oh, okay. So, but it's still both games. I can't. Whenever people ask me, I can never decide because they're <laughs> both fun in different ways. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. When you play nine ball, do you have any uh, secret tricks that you use on the on the break that uh, that you couldn't tell anybody about? <laughs> well, not not really. I mean, I'm still kind of trying to figure out that sweet spot that it'll make a ball every time. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm just teasing you, man. I'm just teasing you. I don't want to turn you into a hustler, and that's a that's a bad idea. But uh, <laughs> what's your favorite part of going to the events? Um, meeting all the people. I mean, if I didn't have pool, I probably wouldn't have met about a thousand of the people I've met. You know? Yeah, yeah. This is very true. This is very true. It is a good way to, to meet people, just like, well, probably any of the tournament sports as well, you know. Which, by the way, yeah. is pool the only uh, thing that you are that heavily involved in, or do you have other big yep. hobbies? No, I I mean, pool is all I do, what I really want to become, you know, like Jeanette Lee or Allison Fisher, just <laughs> be one of the top, but that's a long shot right now. Just working on it right now. Well, sure, yeah, yeah, it's something you have to build up to. But hey, you know, you've got uh, one heck of a start, you know, going here. Uh, so if you keep going, doing what you're doing. You know, you'll be there very, very soon. That's uh, that's a fact. I um, thank you. 
Well, you're certainly welcome. Uh, you, like, I'm just I am totally impressed with your record. I'm, I'm afraid to play you myself, actually, <laughs> because <laughs> I could get my butt handed to me by a 14-year-old a now, so that's not good. <laughs> that's not good at all. Um, well, do you... Have you started looking at colleges yet, or is that something that you don't know? Or, um, yeah, I mean, other than pool, like for a career, I haven't really figured anything out. But sure. for generals, there's a college that a lot of the people that go to BEF, the BEF tournament, mm-hmm. go to. It's called Lindenwood in Missouri. Yep. Yes. Yeah, I'm very familiar with Lindenwood and Mr. Wilson. They they are uh, they have an outstanding program down there. They certainly do. Are you going to try to go to to attend that school? I'm going to try to if I get invited. Okay, okay, yeah. Well, that would be great. Oh my gosh, that would be outstanding. Yeah. That is a uh, that is a pool factory that they have down there. It, it would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, plus it'll be considerably yeah, I, warmer yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, if you could, um, well, first, is there anybody you want to say hi to since we got their attention? Well, I just wanted to thank JP Chower Cues. They sponsor me as of right now. Okay. And I want to thank everybody for and my family extended and not for helping me out because they did a lot trying to promote me to get fundraisers going. Yeah. And all the local pool halls around me for letting me shoot there. Sure, sure, absolutely. That's great of them to support you, uh, your cause and, uh, you know, help you out like that. If you... um Yeah. Since, you know, you're on this road to greatness now, you know, this is <laughs> it's going to be a lot of responsibility. Um. So, if you could zap yourself into the future and you're the new women's world champion nine ball here, and you can look back and and see yourself now, what will you tell yourself in the future? Um. What's what your would message? I tell myself? Yes. What's your message to future April? Um. I don't know. Probably. I'm glad I got there because I'm just now starting to really commit myself to the game. So if if I got there, I mean, I just told myself that's awesome. <laughs> I couldn't describe it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, you're supposed to have some, you know, kind of words of wisdom for the future. You know, like, uh, let's see, always have fun, be a good sport, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. Save yeah, your allowance. Keep, keep going. You know, keep going strong. Don't give up now. <laughs> That's good stuff. Are you? Um, do you have any brothers or sisters? I have one sister. Okay. Does she play as well too, or is it uh, no? No, she she really doesn't like pool. I mean, she'll play with me for fun sometimes, but mm-hmm. she doesn't like the pressure and <laughs> all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I could understand that. I can understand that. Does the high school that you go to, do they have a, a, a any kind of pool program there at all or no? No, that's another one of my goals. I want to try to get, you know, pool more, you know, recognized sure. in the world. 
Sure, absolutely. Well, you know, that brings up a really good question. Um, and I'm glad that you said that because I, I, I think that uh, the more people do that, the better, obviously. But here's my, uh, my question to you, though, as a young person. Um, how do you see um, the rest of the, the grown-up pool industry? Like, what is your impress- impression of the pool world as far as the grown-ups are concerned? What do you think about it? Um, so I hope it gets better because I've seen some tournaments kind of collapse, you know, not have many people show up. Right. So I'm trying, I mean, I hope it kind of expands more again. Sure. But yeah, that's, that's my biggest hope is that pool doesn't, you know, kind of go extinct, you know, nobody even knows about it anymore. So. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah. Well, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I, um, I just would like to. I'd like for them to hear it from you guys. I would like the 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 businesses and the promoters out there to hear the kids say this. Hey, you know, right. make it better for us <laughs> because we can't. So, uh, you know, something needs yeah. to be done. So, anyway, yeah, I was using you as a, as a marketing tool there for a second. So. All right, April. Well, I I greatly appreciate uh, you taking the time to talk to us, and um, of course, congratulations again for your your third title in a row. I think that's outstanding. Uh, props to you for for sticking with it, and um, thank you. Good luck in the future, and hopefully, uh, you know, you keep winning those titles, and and uh, we'll keep calling you up for interviews. Okay. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> sounds like a deal. All right. You take care, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Thank you. You too. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. I'm Scott Lee. And I'm back with him, Randy G. And welcome to this week's One Minute Pool Instructor. What are we discussing now? We are discussing finesse speeds. Yeah, that's right. I like that. And in order to understand uh, what finesse speeds mean, we need to talk a little bit about our standard playing speeds. Uh, We number our standard game speeds from a low of one, which would be equivalent to a lag, uh, so one equals a leg. Or shooting school, a ball school, into yeah. a pocket where the ball just falls off the end of the pocket. All right. doesn't hit the back of the pocket. All the way up to a five speed, which would be a firm playing speed. A lot of good players would call it hitting the ball crisp. Uh, the object ball hits the back of the pocket with a, a little bit of speed, but certainly not any kind of a hammer. So we have uh, uh, finesse speeds which are less than a leg. And uh, we, we've got uh, two ways of thinking about them, the old school way versus the new school way. Tell us about those, Randy. Well, when I, when I was a kid, <laughs> the old school is that I was taught to change the length of my stroke, keep my bridge length says, standard, and just change the length of my stroke. For a soft shot, then I might only bring my cue stick back an inch, maybe hey, two inches, whatever. In this, vary the speed of the forward movement of the cue for whatever um, firmness I wanted out of that finesse speed. To play safety or, or 
a, an extremely delicate shot. So sometimes you'd vary the length of the follow-through as well, wouldn't you? Yes, yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, New School says, no, vary the length of your bridge, but always take a full stroke all the way back, all the way home, to control the speed. Although it's a soft speed, you still need to control it. Make sure you get a nice accelerating cue going through at a very soft speed. And that may be a, an abbreviated version of uh, your standard length swing. Oh, it is. Very abbreviated. Uh, and my normal follow-through, if we want to call something follow-through, is about six inches, five and a half inches. On my finesse speed, it's, it's about an inch and a half. Or maybe even less. But Scott, I take a full stroke. Yeah. It's just a mini stroke. And by full stroke, what we mean is that we are finishing our swing. The hand goes to our chest. Yep. Yeah, the, cue, tip, the cue stick does not stop at the cue ball. No, the tip finishes where our hand finishes. Yeah. And for me, then, that's about an inch, inch yeah. and a half. It, it might be a quarter inch could into be. the cue ball it could in be. certain shot yeah. circumstances where that's up. the cue ball and object ball might be very close together. That's up for us to control that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We don't want double hits. Nope. So I can control it out to about a, a oh a half an inch. Absolutely, and, and and in those situations, we can even draw the ball four, five, six feet when the cue ball and object bar are only an inch or two apart with no foul. Yeah, just the other day in school, at a half an inch apart, I hit a five speed, just trying to show that speed doesn't make the double hit. Right. And, and of course, I, I used my abbreviated stroke, my mini stroke, and just drill the ball in the hole at a, at a nice, high-rate, crisp five-speed. Mm -hmm. uh, there have been a lot of folks that uh, tried to show how to shoot those shots. I remember uh, Grady teaching me to wrap my knuckles on the edge of the table. You remember that? Oh, I hurt myself to, doing To stop it. the yeah. cue. I, ha I have to laugh. <laughs> There's so many different ways of doing things. Some are a lot easier than others. I know that Grady's way was, or who, whatever way that was, uh, it was an okay way of doing it. Well, the, it works sometimes. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't. But uh, there are many ways of approaching things. And I think in, in pool school, that's the neat thing about it. You've got your student and you right there. He can ask the question. Where a book can't answer that question, right. you can stop your, your agenda and answer that question right there, usually with a demonstration. And, and we teach uh, about five or six different finesse speeds. Yeah, right? I th we have five main speeds, uh, five finesse speeds, and then a couple of different break speeds, which right. are, what, uh, 10 speeds, 11 speeds, which mm -hmm. equates out to about 20, 21, 22 miles an hour. Absolutely. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of ways of doing things. Old school isn't wrong. It's just that sometimes there's an easier way to do other things. Well, and, and old school was largely uh, consumed with... Uh, hold the cue tight and drive the stick through the ball using arm and shoulder muscle. And new school is a lot about let the weight of the cue and timing create the speed of the stroke. Yeah, now, you know, I've been in both. I'm sure happy about new school. Oh, it's a lot easier to Yeah, I see it is. All right, I'm Scott Lee. And I'm still Randy G. And this has been one the One Minute Pool Instructor. Uh, thanks for joining us this week. Uh, next week, we're going to be discussing... Having standards in your pool game. Oh, man, yes. Standards in your pool game. Join us then.
Hey everybody, welcome to this week's edition of Pool on the Grind here on AmericanBilliardRadio.com. I'm your host, Allison Fisher of NYCGrind.com, and for all of you listening across the U.S., we want to wish you a very happy 4th of July, and we hope that everyone has a fun and safe weekend and has a great time with their friends and family. So this week, I'd like to welcome NYC Grind founder and creative director Jerry T. to the show. How are you doing, JT? Great. Yeah, I'm doing really great, and I'm looking forward to this episode. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure. Awesome. Well, it's great to have you here, JT. And this week, we're going to give you a rundown about some of the events that have been happening and that are upcoming here in uh, New York and the surrounding areas. And what's really exciting coming up this weekend is the Tri-State Tour Invitational. For those of you who uh, who aren't familiar with the Tri-State Tour, it's actually the longest-running tour in the U.S., and it features uh, many of the top Tri-State area amateur players in a entire year format that splits t- it splits into two years. So this is the this is the 2013 and 2014 season that's coming to a close and at the end of each of their years they have the invitational event which brings out the top 16 players from each class division so then the um the players in each class compete against the other players from their division and then they have a chance to move on to compete in the finals so JT, what's uh, what's your experience been like wow. for uh, the Tri-State for Tour? For that event, yeah, yeah, for the Tri-State Tour and that event. Um, number one, I, I've been playing in the Tri-State Tour, I don't know, maybe since I was like 14 years old on and off. Um, I believe 14, something like that. And it's really been, um, I guess, a life-changing experience for me as a young kid, being able to compete against some of the best talent in you know, my area growing up. And it's awesome to see that the Tri-State Tour is still rocking and rolling. And I really have a, a deep respect for the people that run the Tri-State Tour. And I love the fact that they have an open mind and um, are willing and open and make it a priority to work with uh, you know, the pool rooms, the players, the tours around them and be part of the community and really take an active role to do what they can to help promote the players and tours and pool rooms and um, I just have a deep appreciation for them. And this particular event, the Invitational, is a lot of fun. It's going to be at Castle Billiards, which is one of my favorite pool rooms. Um, it's, it's in East Rutherford, New Jersey. That's where, you know, back in the day, that's where all, you, all the, the Giants used to play out of. And um, that room has a rich history. I love playing out of there, and I love the people there. And the Invitational is just a lot of fun. They give away a lot of prizes, a lot of really cool gifts from different sponsors who have supported the tour. And just the energy is a lot of fun, good energy, and a great time. So it should be a lot of fun. And in in addition to the tournament, we're also going to have live streaming for free, co-produced by NYC Grind and AZB-TV. So both Jerry and I will be on site at different points through the weekend along with Upstate Al, Al Leon will be there. So he's going to be heading up the live streaming, and you'll probably hear from, uh, from all of us through, through different parts of the weekend. So that's going to be, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And they also have 
the Tri-State Tour Hall of Fame induction on Sunday. And uh, Dawn Hopkins is actually going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. She's had a, a long history with the tour. So that's, that's very exciting. Yeah, that's really exciting. Um, you know, more and more events are recognizing some of the legends and the icons and the people that have really influenced the game. And I think that's a really positive sign for the sport of pool. Of course, you have the Hall of Fame, uh, the BCA Hall of Fame, and then you have the World Straight Pool Hall of Fame that that, uh, that focuses on the world. I mean, the you know the Straight Pool Hall mm-hmm. of Fame that focuses on the legendary Straight Pool talent. You have the One Pocket Hall of Fame, which is amazing. And then uh, in um, uh, further up north, you have the Hall of Fame that, that that's out of um, Snookers. Yeah, the New England, the New England Pool, Hall, Pool of Fame. Hall of Pool, Fame. You know, that's a really mm-hmm. awesome thing. And I just love all of the different contributions all across the nation uh, and recognizing the sport. And that's a big part of why I love contributing to American American Billiard Radio. Uh, and, you know, David Bond is one of those people that are doing what what he can and allocating his resources and building a team around the idea of being able to recognize, uh, I guess, remarkable um, and newsworthy events and people that make up this great, great sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that these organizations and the people who are involved in them really are the heart and soul of pool and everyone collaborating and bringing in more ideas is uh, is what is what it's really all about. And I, I believe in addition to Dawn, um, I believe that Tony Robles is being inducted as well. So I think those are the two the two inductees there may be another one that i'm that i'm missing but i'm pretty sure that those are the two so we're really uh looking forward to being there and seeing all the players and um actually last year castle castle owner john trobiano was the winner of the invitational Mm -hmm. so i'm sure he'll be there again and looking to uh defend his title definitely and castle billiards has a history of being um, I guess one of the top pool rooms in the Jersey area in the respect of uh, really being able to attract some of the best talent in the area, not just from New Jersey, but from all over. I remember when Jeanette Lee, uh, who at the time was living in Queens, New York, um, would take the trip out for the weekend. She would, you know, challenge different players out there, you know, a little gambling, you know, a little bit of money just to be able to challenge herself. And she'd play... Uh, an abundance of different people and players out of there and um, not only does the pool room tend to attract great players but good people good good talent where like there's no issues out of there realistically you know there's no problems out of there everyone gets along everyone has a um, kind of like a com- like a camaraderie or they're a feeling like they're in this together so I always like going there and um, not only that out of I think 2,500 players that participated in the APA's uh, Battle of the Border recently in Bally's Casino. I don't know. I think like four teams out of, I don't even know how many it was, four out of six or something like that. Four out of five. I'm I'm not sure the exact number. Um, Out of the winners, played out of Castle Billiards. That's that's a staggering statement right there. That's unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. And now you were there at the, the APA um, Battle of the Border with the Bergen County 
leagues and the South Jersey leagues competing there at Bally's. How was that experience for you? It felt to me like uh, New York, the New York area's version of Vegas to me. Um, what I mean by that is BCAPL, which is a really great league, holds an event every single year in Vegas that many of the players from our area and many other areas across the nation uh, really look forward to to be able to go to Vegas and play and participate. And uh, I don't know how many members they have, 55,000 or 60,000 members. And, I mean, Vegas is a huge, and the energy is amazing in Vegas. Mm -hmm. And I really never thought that I'd be able to experience that kind of energy here in this area. And for the first time in my life, and I've been playing pool since I was 12 years old. I'm 34 now. I've been around the game for a very long time. And I have never seen pool in the tri-state area as positively vibrant as I have in Bally's Casino for the, Bally's, for the Battle of the Borders. Um, the tournament was one run really well from both parties and uh, you know the Bergen County and the South Jersey. Both of those guys were great. Everyone had a blast. Uh, there was a lot of sponsorship support from inside and outside of the industry. All the vendors got along great as far as I know and it was just a really great buzz. Everyone that I spoke to out there had a blast. So I'm excited to see pool really, um, I would say, like bubbling. Like pool's on the ground a little bit. And I believe that it's kind of bubbling up from the underground. So I'm excited. Yeah, from what I, from what I saw, and you um, created a video from your experience at that APA event, there was just... There were so many people there, so many people excited and being engaged in the game. And I think that's really awesome to see that there are so many more people that continue to be uh, participating. And actually, I spoke with uh, one, one player who I believe also plays out of Castle, who said that uh, his team had was one of the winning teams. And... Aside from him, mm -hmm. all of the other players on his team mm -hmm. had never experienced that kind of opportunity to win in an exciting format like that, and to know that there are players who are s who are still trying these new things and doing uh, doing you know doing things outside of their comfort zone. They had probably never um, never played on an uh, a tournament at that that level with that many people. So. It's yeah. very, very positive. Definitely. And that event, as far as I know, is the third largest pool tournament in the world. And I'm not surprised at that. Okay. Well, also recently in, uh, in New York, out in Long Island, we had the Predator Pro-Am Tour last weekend. And this was a pretty cool event because it was a double points event for the players on the tour. And it was also uh, additional added money whereas mm -hmm. most of the tournaments on the tour are a thousand dollars added this was a fifteen hundred dollar added event mm -hmm. and we had Lydio Ramirez also known as Rasta uh, who plays out of 
I believe Queens. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 Plays out of Steinway Billiards. He won the amateur division and went undefeated. And this was his second straight tournament win, uh, in second weekend in a row. He won the Tri-State Tour the previous weekend and went undefeated. So that was very, uh, very impressive. And there was definitely a buzz, um, a buzz about Lydio and how well he's been playing. Yeah. And then in the open division, the open 10-ball division. Really quickly, let yeah. me cut you off. I'm sorry. I just want sure. to touch on Lydio for a second. Lydio has been playing really, really impressive for a long time now. He just hasn't really broken through. And it doesn't surprise me at all that he won back-to-back because basically, you know, in this game, it's, it's, you know, like, it's like you build momentum. And once you're able to break through, you really start to gain confidence in yourself. And right. I think that with that first win, that gave Lydio the certain confidence to kind of solidify his new belief of what he's now capable of doing. And I really believe that Lydio has stepped up um, at least like one ball from, you know, like the last three months or the last four months. So in my opinion, Lydio is definitely one of the top amateur players in the in the tri-state area and he's a sleeper most people don't even realize that so i just wanted to i'm sorry to cut you off but i just wanted to share that. yeah that's that's no problem he's definitely kind of one of these low-key sort of sort of players that you never really hear a lot from that's you know right. he's not doesn't like to talk talk big and get his uh get his name out there a lot you know he likes to stay uh on the on the low key side, so that was really exciting to see. And for the uh, the open ten ball division is a single day tournament that the Predator Tour has for each tour stop. And we actually had uh, New York player Sean Morgan, aka Alaska, uh, win his first tour stop there at Rax. Yeah. Who we uh, for those of you who tuned in last week, he was my guest on the show last week. Uh, talk a little bit about Sean and how your experience with him has been, and how he's developed as a player. Yeah, awesome. Um, you know, I like Sean. Um, I'm a friend. You know, we've been friends for a very long time, actually, and he's a great guy. He uh, he initially, you know, his nickname is Alaska because he used to live in Alaska. And he came um, to the New York area, really, in the hopes of trying, you know, trying to make it as a pool player. He uh, he won some championship in Alaska where it's like it was like an all-around situation with different games, and he's like the Alaskan whatever champion. And he just felt at a certain time that he had what it took to be, you know, to like just instead of being a big fish in a small pond, go to New York, and then he knew that while he was talented, he knew he needed to develop certain other skills and put himself into a little bit of a bigger ocean and play with the, the whales and the sharks, you know? And I've seen Sean, you know, Alaska, develop over the years. And number one, he definitely is one of the most dedicated and... Um, I guess positive players that I know. I mean, he's at every event that he could possibly make it to that makes sense for him and his schedule and all that other stuff. And he, you know, he plays, he plays hard, he leaves 100% on the table. And if he loses, he shakes your hand, he's a gentleman. And he always looks to give back to the game. And that's one of the reasons why I'm a friend of his and I respect him very much. And he's had some amazing adversities 
in his life and he has a warrior spirit and a certain mindset that is able to in the face of that adversity lift himself up as well as the people around him up and i have a deep appreciation and respect for that and i'm glad that sean is continuing to play the game and i really do believe he's coming into his own but the reality is as good as he's playing i think he can play two or three levels above what he's playing i think one of the biggest challenges with sean is that he doesn't truly believe in his ability to play pool at a world-class level on a consistent basis and i believe that with a few more of these wins and a little bit more time and experience and he, I mean, he has a lot of it over 10 years and over 10,000 hours to be a master as uh you know malcolm gladwell talks about but the reality is he still needs a little bit more tweaking because this game is one of the hardest games in the world absolutely clearly so he still needs to tweak his game and prove to himself that he can do it so a few more of these wins and i believe that you'll see him step up his game but it's still going to be you know he's it's touch and go with sean and, it, and i think it all comes down to if he truly believes or not it, it comes down to so much of that mental uh mental preparedness and mental uh just having having that faith always coming to the table knowing that you have that ability that there's nothing that can stop you and um this was also a a cool event because they had one of uh russia's great champions <laughs> yeah playing uh playing stalev yeah stalev who is a former world uh pyramid russian pyramid champion he's i think i read that he was won like eight titles so Sean, um, Stalev is one yeah. of the greatest players that I've ever seen play the game of pool. I don't <laughs> care what balls in a stick, this man is amazing. Yeah, so it was uh, it was great to see him there, and for him, t he finished in third place, and I believe that. Frankie Hernandez was the player to knock him out of the tournament. Yeah, and that's that's how that played out. And then Frankie went on to play Sean in the final, and Sean Sean won uh, with a score of nine seven against Frankie, who is you know b obviously been around pool for a very very long time, and yeah. everybody in New York has um, has looked to him as being uh, one of the top veteran players playing the game today. Clearly, and, and um, I would bet that Frankie is inducted into the Tri-State Hall of Fame within the next two years. Because when I was growing up as a kid, and like I mentioned, you know, as I said, I, I've been playing in the Tri-State since maybe I was 14. Um, at that time, when I started playing, it was Genki, Tony, Frankie, one of those three winning every event. Unbelievable. Like, these guys dominated the Tri-State Tour. I mean, Ginky, I believe... I think it was Ginky with a slight edge over Tony. And I think Frankie was like a close third. But these guys dominated the Tri-State Tour. They really, really did. And while Frankie may not be playing as good as he once did, Frankie's still a beast. And in my opinion, he's a legend in the New York area. Most definitely. And I know he's, he's had a couple strong tournaments recently 
And it's great to always see him competing. Well, I think uh, there's one last thing I want to touch on before we wrap things up. We do have a um, big event coming up, of course. Everybody everybody in pool sort of, um, sort of knows about the BCA Pool League Championships that's coming up uh, in a couple of weeks. I believe June, uh, July 17th is the first day, July 18th. And there'll be players from around the world competing there. And then they'll also have the USAPL championships and the pro CSI invitationals. And this is going to be wow. the first year that they will have these invitational events, uh, eight ball and 10 ball and limited to 16 players who were personally invited, individually invited to compete. So you'll have players from China, from the Philippines, from Europe, and from the U.S. as well. So that's going to be really exciting. And uh, CSI is going to be producing their own live stream, uh, live stream from those events. I think it'll be a, a small, um, a small pay-per-view fee for those. And also, they are going to be holding some really big challenge matches between some of the uh, biggest names. And this is pretty cool. They're doing three different challenge matches. You have Shane Van Boning versus Copigny on July 17th. Mm -hmm. You have the OB Challenge featuring Mike DeShane and Corey Duell versus Francisco Bustamante and Efren Reyes, Philippines versus the U.S. Wow. That's going to be on July 21st. I like that. that yeah, that's going to be really cool. And then the Tiger Challenge is going to be Dennis Orcoyo versus Jung Lin Chang uh, of China. He's and he is a, a beast. Yeah. He's a beast. He really, really is. But you know what? Dennis Orcoyo, in my opinion, I'm going to put myself out there on a ling, limb. Excuse me. Dennis Orcoyo is going to take Chang to school there. Chang is a beast. I have so much respect for his game. But Dennis Arcolo, in my opinion, is just on a different level. Dennis Arcolo in a dominant performance, and that's in that Tiger Challenge match. All right. Uh, so that's going to be really exciting regardless, and I think it's going to be probably close matches all around. So it's awesome to see that they're doing so many different, um, so many new things, and three challenge matches. I mean, that's like, I don't think anything like that has really been done where they do three in a row within, what, like five days of one another. So that's, uh, that's going to be awesome. And I know that for the, for the players and for the people that are um, going to be at the Rio for, uh, for the events, you'll actually get to watch the live stream from your hotel rooms. Mm -hmm. So that's also a nice, nice uh, feature that, CSI is going to be providing for for those players. So for everyone who's going to be out there in Vegas competing, we wish you the best of luck and safe travels out to Vegas. Of course, there'll be lots of um, pool uh, pool media pool uh, members from from the uh, industry side as well, traveling from all over the place. So I think that about wraps things up. Anything you want to add, JT? Yeah, I just want to 
I just want to leave with, I guess, one, one important thing that I'm seeing more and more of and seeing that it's more and more of an important issue for players in the game. And basically, while unfortunately traditional media is not cur currently covering the sport of pool on any consistent basis, where it's not really in the public's mm -hmm. consciousness, um, I'm excited that certain key uh, players and personalities and media outlets are continuing to step up and provide a venue and a, an opportunity for these players to be remembered. And one of the most important things at the core of what we're trying to do right now with NYC Grind, really in the process of doing, is we're allowing and creating and empowering players. Well, we're creating a platform, an ecosystem, and empowering players to be able to um, kind of track their journey. Because the reality is, you know, you have, a, you know, we're on a road trip. The players come from all around, going to Vegas. They're extremely excited about Vegas. Just watch the video in the AP Battle of the Border, and you'll understand what I'm saying. They're extremely excited about these experiences, these road trips. And unfortunately, when you look at the current state of the billiards industry, there's not really enough ongoing coverage that is following these players, their experiences, and helping them kind of share their story. So what we're really focused on doing is helping these players from all around the world. I mean, we're, you know, New York City, Tri-State area, that's like Tri-State area, that's our, you know, we have a very strong following in, in the Tri-State area. But we have certainly outgrown the Tri-State area and we've become much more nationwide and worldwide and we continue to follow from a nationwide and worldwide perspective, but we really kind of rein it in from a New York perspective. So we pull in the world through a New York perspective and we help these players share their stories in a very unique and exciting way. And we have a lot of really cool stuff coming down the pipeline or the pipe. And I really recommend that you stay tuned to nycgrind.com. You subscribe if you haven't already and you stay up to date with all the stuff that we got going on because there are a lot of other people doing great things and we're looking to work with those people and an example of some of those people are Inside Pool Magazine, InsidePool.TV, AZ Billiards with Jerry and Mike and, uh, and Upstate Al with AZBTV and some of the other people all across the nation who are really doing great things and uh, it's not us against the world it's how can we team up the leaders the people in the industry that have enough insight, skills, passion, and all of that to be able to actually make some change. So I'm excited about teaming up with the right people. And for us, me and my team, you, Allison, and my team, NYC Grind's team, teaming up with the right people to help pool players share their story. And that's pretty much it. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, JT, for, for sharing uh, sharing part of your vision and what we uh, what we're passionate about on NYC Grind and bringing to light, you know, the, the players that uh, players that work so hard and we want to make sh make sure that their story is told. And we appreciate everyone for joining us again this week here on AmericanBilliardRadio.com. And we will catch you next week. This is Pool on the Grind. I'm standing off. This is Allison Fisher. Have a great one.
guys. Welcome to another edition of the Go Play Pool app featured room of the week right here on American Billiard Radio. This week, I am talking to Sherry Stadian at Diamond Billiards in Fresno, California. How are you doing, Sherry? I'm doing great. Good, good. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about Diamond Billiards and give us a little history on the room. Okay, we've had pool halls for over 10 years, four of them. Two in Fresno, one in Modesto, one in Reno, Nevada. And Diamond Dan it was my husband, and he had pool hall since 1970. So the one that we have now is the one in Fresno on Blackstone and Sierra. Uh-huh. And we put in a nine-foot uh, diamond table from Tim Davenport. That was his table. We have four diamond uh, seven-foot tables for the leagues. We have 19 tables total. We just put in um, two internet dartboards. We have the APA playing out of there. Great league. They just had the cities there this weekend. $2,200 was paid out. Wow. We have the, it was great. <laughs> we had the nine ball tournament on Monday in-house, and they have about 20, 25 players come on Monday night. We have Napa uh, playing out of our pool, pool hall, and we have a local Fresno team playing out of our pool hall. Uh-huh. We have... Um, it's Mike Reddick from up north, Michael Reddick, and he's just starting a nine-ball tournament where at the end of the year the players will be given a $5,000 added to the annual tournament at the end of the year. So that's nice. really nice. That's cool. You'd mentioned that you had uh, Kim Davenport's old table. That's pretty cool. <laughs> right. And that will never yeah. move. That will never leave. It's a one-inch, one-piece slate, nine foot. <laughs> oh, wow. Man, I bet that was a, a chore to move, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I was in the front room. Yeah. My husband says, well, I think that our customers and our players will really enjoy having it at the pool hall. So that's where it's going to stay. For sure. That's That's awesome. Got a little piece of uh, history right there. So um, you mentioned the the five thousand dollar added end of the year tournament. How about right. some more details on that one? Uh, that's from Michael Reddick, and he does the one pockets up Northern California and the nine ball tournaments in Northern California. And he came down about a month or so ago uh-huh. and checked out the Valley, which means you know, Central Valley, California, right. and wanted to have the nine ball. Um, expand down to Central California, and he's just great to work for. Anything we want, he pretty much gives to us, meaning if we want to um, change it, race to seven, race to five, double elimination, add 100 bucks here and there. He's just wonderful to work for. It's a great, great nine-ball tournament. The $20 membership goes for this year and next year. It begin, beginners are welcome. It's an easy, easy handicap layout to where, let's say that you're a 40 speed and I'm a 20 speed. You minus the difference, and I already get one game and race to, let's say, five. I've already one game up on you. It's, it's a real, it's a real fun, fun way. It sounds, yeah, it sounds uh, like a, a good tournament or a good league for, you know, everybody. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So uh, what about your weekly events? How about more details on that? Right. We have um, a weekly events are really packed. Uh, they start with Sunday. We have, of course, we're open noon to 2 every day, and including holidays, families are welcome. You know, the generation is the young youngsters, the high schoolers. That's our future pool generation right there. 
Uh-huh. We teach them on um, high school PE classes, and we teach them how to do triple bank shots during their class. I had 50 of them do a triple bank shot, ranked eight, and just this year, it was fantastic to see the look on their face. That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. But uh, whoever does it will be in a drawing for a brand new Nick Varner, eight-time world champion, Q-Stick. And 50 of the of the kids from high school came and did the triple bank eight shot, bank shot. That is awesome. That that's great that you're you're supporting something like that because that's what it takes to you know keep people going is to get the next generation interested. That's awesome. We have uh, youngsters uh, five years old that now have played uh, Jeanette Lee, the Black Widow. Mm-hmm. And the these youngsters that I have pictures of when they were five, six, and seven, they're now in their twenties. And we taught them how to play pool because you can play on your own or you can play with the group and get as good as you want to be. Right, exactly. Uh, we have uh, families come in. We have um, uh, church groups come in. We have uh, business meetings so that their company can get closer to their employees and employers, which works out great. Um, we have food and nothing, no hard alcohol. Mm-hmm. So we have them have dinner there, play pool there, get together, and it's a real Final, their organization comes, some attorneys come, Pelco, a huge, huge electronic company, they come. And it's just a wonderful little mini tournament we put on for just their company. That's, that's great. Oh, you're definitely uh, taking care of your customers and your players for sure. I'm, I'm, I like your ideas. I really love the, what, what we can do for people in general because, you know, we like pool, we like people. Yeah. They have a better experience because we we enjoy what we do. That's awesome, Sherry. Keep it up. That's uh, that's great. So why don't you tell everybody where you're located and how they can get in touch with you guys? It's really easy. It's on Blackstone, which is a main street in Fresno. It's south of Herndon, another main street in Fresno. The bowling alley is uh, in the DMV. It's always a good locator. It's on uh, mm-hmm. same corner, and we're on Sierra and Blackstone. We've been there since 2002, and um, phone number is 559-435-1130, and the website's pretty easy. It's diamondbilliardfresno.com. Diamond Dan, my husband, oh, he's so fantastic at pool, so there's a lot of tricks that I can teach other people that he taught me. Mm-hmm. He passed away two years ago, and um, I asked all my customers, and all my employees, what they want. And I said, anything for one year will be a yes. Come up with something, and I'll say yes for one year until we figure out what we want to do, and the place has just grown so much. And his memorial tournament, which we add $1,000, anybody can play in it. We usually pay out at least 12 or so players. Is on November Veterans Weekend. Another player, Rocky Antonucci, he was in his 70s when he passed away. His uh, uh-huh. memorial tournament, he's known all over California. His memorial tournament is in January. And we hope to get Oscar Dominguez, which is uh, rated 10, in the top 10. Uh-huh. He's in the now. Um, he can have a tournament at our location, I think, and add $1,500 to that in September to these things and either learn how to get better, play with the better players, get better, win some money. Awesome. Great, Sherry. I, uh, make sure you guys check that out. And, and uh, if you're in the area, go and 
attend the memorial tournaments and, and go have some fun at Diamond Billiards in Fresno. Thank you, Sherry, for for telling everybody about Diamond Billiards. Would you uh, please ask anybody that's listening, if they come in, ask for me, Sherry. Love to meet them. We'll share some appetizers, and uh, we'll have a great time. Sounds great, Sherry. I'm I'm looking forward to our next trip up north. We'll definitely come in and and say hi to you. Yes. (laughs) All right, Sherry. Well, thank you for taking time out of your busy day to get on the phone with me. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of the Go Play Pool app featured room of the week. Make sure you download the app. It's free. And you can listen to this interview and all of our past interviews on there. And, uh, yeah, thank you again, Sherry. Thank you so much. And from all of us at GoPlayPool.com and American Billiard Radio, I'd like to wish you all a happy 4th of July. Be safe and have a great time. American Billiard Radio. This is Mark Kentrell. The Legends and Champions Report brought to you by Neil's Garage Cabinets of Mesa, Arizona. And this week, I'm joined by the honchos from Q Sports International, Mark Griffin and Ozzy Reynolds. How are you guys both doing? Well, we're probably doing better than you, but that's pretty hot in Arizona, too. So. <laughs> yeah, well... You know, he's he, he's just getting he's just getting worse. I wonder why I uh, live in the desert sometimes, but I guess winter time comes and it's good. Um, yeah. I, I guess you guys are probably in the middle of all the hustle and bustle and rushing around trying to get your uh, stuff together for the BCA Nationals. Yeah, at the same time, it's like this every year. You know, we actually move our offices into the Rio. Uh, we we move on the 13th, so we're there for two full weeks. I mean, just I mean, nobody's here at the office. If somebody comes in and checks the mail or something, but just pack up and take it down there. It makes it nice. We're only 15 miles away, but it's still a lot of work. And you know, it, it, there's just so much that goes into these promotions. I don't. If you're not in the middle of it, you just don't understand. And it's, so much so much of it is out of our control. I mean, you're dealing with hotels and unions and catering and. And with us, we we can't move in until the World Series of Poker moves out, and that's always a challenge. So, so it's interesting. Well, I you know from my own personal experiences, uh, not I can't even come close to equating what you do. You're big time, but I know how much work goes into the little things that I do, and having to deal with how, how, many, how many people do you have coming? It's usually about five to seven thousand people. Yeah, it's usually uh, it's been in the, the high like fifty eight hundred to six thousand this year. We're actually down a little bit, and uh, it's we're it's kind of interesting. We're not sure why. There's a lot of reasons it could be. We actually were tracking uh, like down one or two percent till about the last two weeks or so. 
and uh, we're, we're down a little over 10%, uh, which is actually it's a little shocking to us. Um, the numbers, um, can, it, we heard a lot of complaints about the airfares have gone up, and I did listen uh, on the news today. Airfares in the last 30 days have gone up 6%. That's the biggest jump in airfares in 30 years. That didn't really affect us. I think they went up prior to a month ago. Um, I still think the economy is a little treacherous. Uh, moving to July, uh, people are, it's going to take a couple of years, and we figured that, to, to get used to July. This tournament, the BCA Pool League National Championships, has been in May for 37 years. Last year we moved it to July, and it was a necessity. There was no, um, no venues and, and dates available. We had to move. It wasn't an option. We had to move. We were outgrowing the Riviera. The Riviera was going through some severe management gyrations. And, and I don't have anything against the Riviera. They, they busted their butts for us. I appreciate them. The Rio is better. Yeah, you, you hear all the, you know, there's been a couple of things there on, on AZ Billiards uh, about uh, the attendance is going to be lower this year and, and, and those kind of things and what are the reasons and, you know, airfare and change of venue. And some people have actually brought up the expense of the hotel. Now, to me, and this is only from, I've, I've not been to the new location, but it's all suites, right? Yeah, the, it's, the, yeah it's the real all-suite hotel and casino. That's their actual name. And right, and, and so I thought, to me, I think, okay, if it's all-suites, usually, you, you know, you've got a couple of bedrooms and a pull-out at least. So you can fit more people in a room, and I know that people share rooms when they go to these things. So I thought it would actually end up being less expensive. Well, actually, the rate is not bad. The The rate during the week is $79, and on Fridays and Saturdays, it's 129 Now, I'm not tickled about the 129 but most people aren't there Friday and Saturday, so it saves them money over a blended rate. You know, uh, but uh, and $79 in Vegas is pretty respectable because this is a pretty nice property. It's, it's superior to some of the other ones that uh, are being holding pool terms and stuff, so... Um, I think the biggest complaint, the legitimate complaint, and we worked with it last year and we're working with it a lot this year, is the food prices. And really the issue was last year was the first year the Rio dealt with us. They deal with a bunch of poker players right before us, and they, they just thought the poker players and pool players were the same, and they just wouldn't listen. I said, no, 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 our people stay up later they want to eat snacks type of food and this and that. And they kept closing everything at 6 and 7 and 8 o'clock. And, oh. and it, was, it was brutal. Now, they say that they're going to make some changes this year, but we beat them up last year. We finally got them to do some specials, and they'd sell out of the specials in two hours. We ran them out of food last year on the weekends. Crazy. You know? It's, wow. But they don't listen to us. It's, they're just not familiar with what we're doing, you know? And, right. Uh, it's, it's, it's a learning curve. This is our second year. Hopefully it'll go smoother. By the time, yeah. by the time I'm 95, uh, we should have this down past. <laughs> well, Mark, I, I, would, I would agree with what you said earlier about the hotel rate. Unfortunately, most people don't analyze it like that, and they simply look at the rate, assume that it's a normal hotel room, like you have in a lot of the other properties and then base their decision on that. But you're absolutely right. These rooms, every one of them are suites, and some even nicer than the others. 
Right. Well, I, I do know from I know from experience and from other people that I you know that I know and who go to play BCA Pooley in, in Vegas is they don't necessarily. Some people are doing better than others, obviously, and they like to have their own room for them, their girlfriend, wife, or. But I also know that a lot of them do share. It's a it's a common fact. A lot of people share, and some people at the Riv actually club together to get a suite at a probably a more expensive price. Oh yeah, the Riviera suites were way more expensive than the, the suites at the. At the yeah, so and but it still ended up less expensive for them per person. Well, and, wait, with two people. In a suite, it's forty bucks each. With three people, it's uh, it comes out to like thirty, uh, thirty-eight. Well, it's, it's eighty divided by three, so I you know twenty-seven dollars a person. Yeah, and then and yet, where, where do you expect to stay for twenty-seven person? I mean, that's and it, there's a there's a real value to being on property. Now, so it might be staying at the same place that the venue is at, because especially this year. Uh, with all the pro, we're doing this, this, the invitational, the ten ball and the eight ball invitational. And if you're staying in the room, and this is the, one of the things that we're proud of doing, is if you're staying in the hotel, you get to watch the pay per view stream free in your hotel room, and it and it loops at night. So for 24 seven, you can watch the best players in the world, and it's absolutely free. And if it's if you're doing a pay per view, I think it's a hundred dollar package to watch everything. Well, you know, that's that's the thing. You know, and I'm not trying to do uh, an infomercial. We, we've been friends for a number of years, Mark. I'm not trying to do an infomercial for your... I'm just trying to get information. But a lot of you say it. If you think about it, there's a number of, I don't know what percentages, BCA Pooley players who are generally considered the more advanced of the Pooley players in the country. Uh, I'm probably made some advice by saying that. But they're the ones who are going to watch the pay-per-view events. So if there was no BCA Pool League, they would probably, but, but if there's no BCA Pool League tournament going on in Vegas, I'm going to guess they'd probably buy it, a number of them would buy on pay-per-view anyhow. So there's an expense that they can write off at, at least a, a night of the pay-per-view, you know? Sure and be, be able to sit back and watch it. But but then again, you're there. You get to go and watch it for free, right? Yeah. No, and, and it's like I say, it's 24-7 because we loop it and everything. Well, I'm talking about watching it live. Yeah, yeah, you can watch it live too. No, this is – but this year, I'm really excited about this year's event because it's 16 invited players and from four geographical areas, and it's really going to be awesome. And even more so is the three challenge matches we have. I mean – and we, we start off with uh, Shane Van Boning playing Copigny, which people have been saying, that's the match they've been waiting for five years. Well, here it is. You know? Right. And if, if you're in our tournament, you get to watch it live for free. Right. It's pretty strong. It's pretty strong when you think about it. So Now, to, to, to let me just move on to the Invitational, if you want to just kind of let us know, what are these areas that the players were picked? How many from each area? How did you come up with these names? Because, again, there's been controversy about who's playing and who's not playing. Sure, Mark. I'm, I'm happy to answer that. The four geographical areas are North America, Europe, 
the Philippines, and Asia. And the names, you know, we kind of went through a, a democratic slash debate process here in the office where we, we all selected the names that we thought were worthy invitees, and then we debated the, the merits of each one and then narrowed it down to four. And that doesn't mean the four that are in the events now were the four that we decided to invite initially. Uh, some players can't make it. Some players had other uh, commitments for other events and sponsorships and so forth. But uh, what we ended up with was Shane Van Boning, uh, Corey Dole, John Mora, and Mike DeShane from North America. We ended up with Warren Kiamko, Dennis Orcolo, Efren Reyes, Francisco Bustamante from the Philippines, Darren Appleton, Torsten Homan, Ralph Souquet, and Jason Shaw from Europe, and Ko Pin Yi, Jung Lin Chang, Ping Chung Ko, and Yu Husan Ching from Taiwan, all four players from Taiwan, coincidentally. Wow, that's a, that's a pretty strong field right there. Yeah, that is. I mean, when you when you when you think about it, every match, yeah, how many tables are going to be working at one time? That that's the beauty of this, Mark. Two tables. And are both tables going to be streamed or just one at a time? We're going to have a primary stream table that's probably going to have three cameras, and then table number two in the Predator Arena will have one camera. So if the action is a little light on one, we can switch off to the second. Well, that's the point. I don't know if you're going to have any light action. <laughs> well, you know, I guess it's light action when you're racking. <laughs> <laughs> but we're actually a referee doing the racking. We've never been against referee racking, but you can't do it on 16 tables. You can do it between one and two tables. Right. And when we, after the first couple of rounds, we'll be down to one table. So table number one will probably have 60% of the action, and table two will have 35 or 40%. Yeah. So the concept is... You're going to be in a good situation. You're going to be in the, the situation of getting complaints that there's too many good matches. And why are, we, why are you showing Thorsten and Darren uh, on the one with one camera versus Efren and Busty on the other? That, and that's a good... To me, that would be a good spot to be in. Right. And the concept, Mark, is for each competitive group. It's a round-robin tournament, four groups of four. Each group will consist of one player from each of those geographic regions. The winner of each competitive group will move on to a single elimination bracket. So there's not going to be a bracket full of Filipinos or Europeans? That's correct. Each, each group will consist of one North American, one European, one Filipino, one Asian. No collusion, no 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 possibility of any funny stuff, which would be death for the player anyhow. I mean, but we're being very very above and beyond and upfront and all. And it's just you know. And the sixteen the sixteen players are are the same sixteen players for the eight ball and the ten ball. Yeah, they're the same players. Uh, the groups, the competitive groups in the second event, the eight ball event. Um, it's randomly done with the exception that no two players will end up in the same group for both events. So the wow. group for the second event, the eight-ball event, will be completely different than the ten-ball event. Well, it sounds like you've done your due diligence to 
put this together in a as fair a way as possible to you know to, to make it so that there can't be any funny business and that uh, everybody can see that it's a a fair shot. Nobody's doing anything that they shouldn't be doing. So that's and the stream is basically the tar stream. It's Justin and uh, Andy Shen, Tim Wampler, and uh, ooh, the other fellow, the French Frenchy. Um, but I mean, it, it, they're the I think they're one of the best crews in streaming. Um, right. So, I mean, the quality is going to be right up there. However, I, I got to throw in two cents worth. I was really impressed with Kazoom streaming. And we've talked to the Kazoom guys. We've done, you know done things with them. That uh, from the WPA Nine Ball, they they did some great work over there. I just wanted to say a shout out to them because that's what the pool world needs. Right. Well, if I, I'm gonna I'm gonna slide off again on another tangent. Um, I've been talking a lot recently about the Moscone Cup, and I've been talking to each of the players about new concept and Mark Wilson. What what's what's your guys' thoughts? Like what do you what do you think about the new way of uh doing it, getting the team together way ahead of what they usually do and the captain having the ability to hand pick and work with these guys throughout the year. Well let me I'll go short and sweet, but I, I totally approve of everything they're doing. I think it's great that Matchroom did make a commitment a little earlier. It, the way it was done before was a little bit of uh, tough, to, tough to work with, uh, just because Americans they're, they're going helter skelter. The the, uh, the Europeans had an advantage because they're playing together so much often. It's much smaller countries and geographically. But I think Mark Wilson's the right guy. Uh, I love the way he's addressing it. I, I love the fact that Matchroom has given him the freedom. I expect to see Mark Wilson there for the next five, six, seven, eight years. And I expect the Americans to do better and better. I don't expect them to win this year, but don't be surprised. But I'll bet you they get to seven or eight, which is a whole lot better than two. <laughs> but the fact is, even if they don't win, they'll they'll make us proud. And it's it's the effort and the workmanship and the the ethical uh, uh, behavior. And I just I'm, I'm tickled. I think what what the what uh, Mark Wilson and Willie Betmore, the, his, his sidekick. Um, uh, I just think it's great. What, what do you think, Ozzy? Well, I think the way it was done in the past certainly proved to not work. And I think Matchroom uh, made a fantastic decision by doing it a different way this year. I love the pick of Mark Wilson as a coach. And even more so, I like the fact that he's got control over the team. Uh so I think it's something that Matchroom had to do because one thing, you, you run the risk, Mark, of U.S. fans losing interest if the teams don't remain competitive. I mean, you face that in every sport. I'm a Raiders fan, Oakland Raiders National Football League. It's been a rough 12 years. Uh, and it causes you the, to lose interest in the sport in general. So I think Matchroom saw that, and they did something that would maybe infuse a little incitement uh, for the U.S. team. Yeah, it's uh, you know I I I'm a big supporter of Metroom, of Luke and and Barry and everything that they do. You know, there's, there's a couple of faults that I see in there that are a little inconsistent. Um, you know, USA being able to handpick their team and Europeans having to qualify for spots. 
I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, but, you know, it's their show. They can, they can do it however they want to do it. Do you, do you think there's any, you know, do you think it's unfair in any way? Well, I guess that's in the eye of the beholder about unfair. Uh, I do think that the U.S. team has a very tall mountain to climb to beat those guys. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Why do you, why do you say that? Mark said it as well. You don't think that they're going to win. And these are questions I've asked the players, the, the eight contenders. There's the whole inexperience factor uh, that potentially is in there. Although, the more you look at it, there's less uh, less of that really involved. you got Shane, Corey, and John Schmidt. I mean, they're, and they're not inexperienced pool players. They've played in those foundations, and so is Oscar. And, and Brandon Schoff, but they've only played one time, so it's a, a little hard to judge those two. But the others have played more. What is the reason you guys think that you know that you don't expect the USA to win? I think that the depth of the European team is just that much deep. It's just more solid. In other words, Shane. I'm not. You know, Shane will hold up fine. Um, uh, Corey, probably. John Smith hasn't been under the heat very often lately. And, you know, it's, it, when, you're out of, when you're out of competition, you all have the skills. It's can you keep it together and, and just really come with a shot when you need to. And, and I'm, I'm not trying to slight John's game because he's a hell of a player. But, but you've got the Europeans that are constantly in there. I mean, you've got the Thorsten and, and uh, uh, Appleton. I mean, Appleton's probably the most clutch player in the, in the world. He just doesn't break, you know. Uh, not not in the shorter races. And this is this is a short race. This is not a race to 100. It's a it's a whole different ball game. So right. uh, I I think the uh, the wild card in Europe. Uh, uh, well, I don't know who the European team is. I'm sorry, but uh, um, and I'm, nobody knows who the American team is either because they've got eight on the on the roster, and, he, and Mr. Wilson's got to have fun trimming it to five. I would almost like to see where they do a designated hitter type of thing and have a, a sixth man rotate in or out or something, but that's, that's, uh, it's their game and not mine. But I, I, If you take the, the players one by one, it could be close. It's just that overall depth that the Europeans have, and they're just it's just a different level. I'm sorry. And, the, and you have the inexperienced factor because I'm betting that two or three of the uh, Americans are first-timers. You think so? Yeah, two anyhow. Well, I don't know. I, you know, I, I'm so mixed on it, and I think it might have been John Schmidt. I can't remember who it was who said, maybe you guys give me your thoughts on this. Because I, I, I understand why you guys say it. I'm, I'm asking you the question uh, just for the sake of asking the question. But I think that it's going to be tough for the, the USA team, but here's what was brought up. These guys have got this. The new guys have got pressure. People are doubting them. The U.S. The, the European team, on paper, based on what you said and what a lot of people think, think that the Europeans she should be a foregone conclusion. But does that put you in a spot where you know if you're playing somebody you're supposed to beat, does it add more pressure if? They get up two games, three games ahead of you. 
that, hey, we're supposed to walk over these guys. What the hell's going on? There's a lot of lot of psychological factors, but there's one that you're forgetting. I was fortunate enough to go to the uh, Moscone Cup. Um, well, this is this would be 15, so it was it might have been 13. Because 15 is coming up. Uh, it was anyhow. Yeah, it was in it was in uh, it was in London. Uh, I'm sure you you ought to know. I can't remember the green uh, green. It was at the old boxing arena. Thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, York Hall, Bethnal Green. Yeah, 600 and some odd people. 500 Brits and 12 Americans. <laughs> um, you get you just get emotionally swarmed and Blackpool. I think doesn't it hold two thousand people? No, I see it's a thousand. Thousand? Okay. It's a thousand, but they're already sold out, Mark. <laughs> I know. That's, but but they, they, the the crowd is going to be ninety nine point nine percent home crowd, and it's that's that means a lot under that pressure because. It's it's that pressure. You, you, granted, the home team still said, "Oh, we're supposed to perform," and and you might have some one of the Americans, two of them might hold up really, really well. But it's a friendly crowd, but it, they they're 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 not threatening as far as any. It's not like a soccer game where they're going to jump up and punch you. But it's it's a uh, it's just emotionally draining. Well, the and the other, the other part here about the the new venue, the uh, Blackpool Circus Ring is it's a circus ring. That's what it was before. And so it's it's, created, it's it's almost like an amphitheater, like the Romans used to have. And they're designed in such a way that your voice can be elevated throughout the entire building. Oh. And everybody can hear. So that's a factor right there. The noise you heard uh, at the MGM Grand or York Hall, is going to be amplified by five times, I'd say. Well, it, it was a mind-blowing experience at uh, Bethany Hall, or I can't, wherever it was, but it was, and it was such a historical building. I've been holding boxing matches there. It's been a hundred years old or something, but and that's that's part of what's going to that, that that the players are going to have to overcome. And, right. Uh, I, I think they'll do okay. I still think all they're really doing, I think they're supposed to be doing, is and what I'm sure. Mark Wilson's looking at it, it's building a foundation for future years. I mean, right. that, it's this year isn't the, really the important one, but the next year you're gonna. I think you're gonna see some damage getting done. I expect them to do start doing really well. You know, it, 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 it's it's uh, well, it's. Well, that's the thing that people have to look into. What is the concept behind it and the longevity and and building this into something. Um, I'm not sure that everybody's going to have that mindset. And I, I sound like a broken record on here, but Mark Wilson's got a tough job ahead of him. And no matter what happens, so, somewhere along the line, he's going to he's, well, he's going to be zero or a zero in some people's eyes. I knew they didn't have any play. I knew they weren't old enough. They were inexperienced. I knew that was going to happen. That's if they lose. That's if they win, they go... Mark Wilson's a freaking genius. Well, the other the other thing, one thing that Mark Wilson will do, first of all, they have some advantages. They're playing on diamond tables. The Moscone Cup's played on diamond tables. I will bet you dollars to donuts that they're breaking, they're practicing that, the Moscone-style break, which is the nine ball on the spot and three balls pass. I'll bet you they're practicing it a whole lot more than they did in the past. 
Because that break is really what cost the Americans. The year I was there, uh, the, the, the Americans were lost, but they knew six months in advance. However, they didn't know if they were going to be on the team six months in advance. This year they do. Well, we know, we know that, that that's a, a perfect example, a perfect reason to have Corridor involved. Uh, because, uh, yeah. it, it, I mean, the, 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 the guy's a freaking genius with that stuff. Yeah. So that that's going to be a big help. But it's also a fact that you can be breaking on a diamond table. I'm not the most advanced player in the world, and so you or Ozzy might be able to interject what I'm about to say. But you can practice all you want on the diamond table. But when you get there, you got to remember, this venue is about... 300 feet from the ocean. <laughs> oh, really? A little bit of humidity, maybe? You, 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 yeah, you come out. Well, and, and I'm not exactly sure, because this is a, a Victorian setup. I'm sure there's been some work done. I don't know they've got air conditioning in there. First of all, most places in England don't have air conditioning. So that's the first thing. You're approximately 300 feet. You come out the door of the Blackpool Tower... You walk across tram tracks, there's a pavement, and then that's the beach. So there's going to be humidity, and England is very humid anyhow. So you tell me, is practicing the break on a diamond in Arizona oh, yeah, huge going to help me with the humidity and everything that's going on there? Yeah, you're probably right. I, I would uh, defer to you on that. And, and then you're in December... Um, it's got to be chilly. I know London was chilly. So it even froze no, well, you know what? That's that's true. That's true. So I'll take everything back. To, I'm, I guess I'm thinking of my summer vacations in Blackpool when I was a kid. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be cold, but it will be more humid. I don't know. If the, the air conditioning probably isn't going to mean a lot. Uh, but with the lights and no AC might mean something. Well, you're going to yeah. have heat, too. Now, it's, it's, I, but I, I agree with your premise. There's a whole lot of difference between practicing in Indiana versus playing in England. It'll be interesting to see. The one thing I think you can be rest assured is the American teams will behave themselves. They'll do the best they can do, and everybody can, uh, I think, will be a much more spirited uh, contest. Right. Well, I... I think, say, have we figured it all out now? Oh, yeah. We got, we got the answers? We got all the answers. Oh, I think, uh, I know Mark Wilson listens to the show, so hopefully he'll listen to us because we know what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. And we won't charge him for advice. Our advice is free. Or somebody say you pay for it. Yours might be. I've got to charge him. I'll be on him. Well, is, is, uh, well actually, one more thing. The um, pay-per-view... For the invitationals, eight ball, ten ball, and the challenge matches that are going to be going on, do you have any information on that at this point? As to is it going to be a CSI or tall product? Uh, any ideas on the cost dates and things like that? I've got all the answers for you, and it will be on the website in the in the coming days. It will be streamed by CSI. We have our own streaming branch. Uh, led by Justin Collette. Uh, the challenge matches will be fourteen ninety-five each. 
Each day of the invitationals will be $14.95. If you want to buy a three-day package for an invitational, it's $39.95. And if you want to buy the whole kit and caboodle, the three challenge matches plus the six days of the invitational championships, $99.95. Now, there's also, that's going to be about 12 hours a day on the, the business. Wow. 10 hours a day. And we also have the American Rotation, which is Tucker's uh, American Billiard Club. The 16 finalists will be uh, playing that off on a, a one day, one and a half days also. Wow. Oh, it, it, well, are, you, are you also going to have some of these guys um, helping out, doing some clinics or anything like that, all of that? I'm talking about the invitational guys. Yeah, each day, the 18th through the 25th, they have agreed to dedicate one hour per day to giving lessons and demonstrations and signing autographs and just mingling with some of the amateur players. Now, that's all 16 players, one hour a day for right. all those days. It's 144 hours, I think, of free lessons. It's crazy. It's, but it, it's the opportunity for the amateurs to learn how learn some of this stuff. And a lot of these guys, they're not going to speak English. It's okay. They can still see how you break. To do this and how you do that. It's, I think it's exciting. I think it's opportunity for the amateurs to really learn something. It's an opportunity for the pros to brand themselves a little bit, create some fans. Right. Well, now, you know, again, I'm, it sounds like I'm turning into one of the infomercial, but I'm just adding up the things. You guys are giving a lot of quality and value for money. You know, when you when you uh, if I we talked about the the rooms and the pay per view, watching the matches, and then if you throw in, I might be able to get a lesson with Busty or Efren or Darren Appleton. I'd still be worth another hundred, right? Absolutely, so you would have this, those opportunities every day. Right. So if you take one every day from different person. And so, you know, you're getting $100 worth of uh, lessons. Hell, the trip's almost paid for. Absolutely. If well, you're that into it, you're going to take lessons, you know. Now, all you have to do, Mark, is convince the rest of the country of that. <laughs> well, that's that's something I'll uh, I, certainly give them a shot. You know, we get, actually, we've got quite a number of viewers uh, or listeners, should say, with this show now. So hopefully some people are listening. They'll make a decision to... Uh, Come out. I think it's too late for them to enter now, right? Is it, is it closed? The entries closed. Well, the entries are closed for most of the events. Uh, however, we do have three events that we will accept on-site registration. That's the nine-ball challenge, the ten-ball challenge, and the grandmaster eight-ball. Seven-foot events. Those events are on seven-foot diamond tables, open to anyone, regardless of skill level. Uh, seven back-to-back -back days of action. Now, those events, anybody can enter right up until 10 p.m. the night before, which would be, for the nine-ball challenge, July 17th. Awesome. Yeah, it's going to be a, 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 a lot of good pool and a lot of good for spectators. And, and you know, we, we're on green fees, so once you're in an event, you get to play totally free. Uh, and we have a lot of tables. We have a dedicated practice table and everything. So it's... It's it's really built for you know pool is not a spectator sport it's a it's a participation and that's what we want. But Mark, one last thing I'd like to mention that we're doing for the amateur. Sure. 
Uh, we're working out the details now, but <clears throat> we have a two-day sort of break between the two invitational events. That's July 21st and 22nd. On July 22nd, we're going to have the CSI Pro-Am Challenge. Uh, most, if not all, of the 16 players in the invitationals will participate, and amateurs can bid to be paired with one of the pros. Oh. And they'll play a short race. We're thinking race to four or five, eight ball, scotch doubles, one pro, one amateur, single elimination event. 70% of the money will be used for payouts, and 30% will be used to support the junior program. Well, that's uh, that's different. So if a guy oh. wants to come out and be paired up with Efren Reyes, for example, all he's got to do is win the auction, and it's his. What's the, what's the first place going to pay? Well, it depends on the, the bids, of course. Oh, that's true, yeah. That's tough to it's tough to say. Is there a amount of money, or is it you basically just as a pro am and well, saying that it's just something to kill time for two days? Well, it's it's something to give the amateurs a little little extra to look forward to. It's not really all about the money, uh, although we're not keeping any of it. Like I said, seventy percent will be used for payouts, and the other thirty will support the junior program. Right. It is something nice to get the pros involved with the amateurs and vice versa. Yeah, I think that's uh I think that's just I think say a good idea. I, I really do. I don't know who came up with that. It's probably you or so you Mark don't come up with anything that good. Well, like most things, Mark will blurt out a sentence and then I'll work out the details. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One line getting the best everybody. <laughs> is is there anything else you guys would like to mention before we go? Is there anything else going on that you want to talk about or anybody you want to thank? Well, we want to thank everybody, and uh, we're looking forward to it. One other thing, we, we do have the uh, the WPA World Artistic Championship is at our event, too. It's the first Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Um, there's about 30, 35 players, and that's uh, for, the, for the legitimate world championship uh, artistics. But other than that, I mean, there's just a lot going on, and, I mean, there's almost too much going on. It's like a circus. There's so many things. I think counting the... Uh, Invitation and everything, we're like pushing 40 events. Yeah. That's, that's nuts. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys are you guys planning on going out to London? Those sorts of black pool? I'm not, no. No. Why would I want to go to your home country? I mean, because, you, uh, Dad, you wouldn't even stay there. And you want me to go over there? Well, you got to go over some food. Food. Oh, yeah, the food. Yeah. Not in December. I'm not going back to London in December. Yeah, I know. Actually, Christmas is a very magical time in England. I would, I would imagine. You know, and then especially in Blackpool, the things called the Illuminations, everything's lit up. Blackpool's already lit up. Imagine Vegas being lit up, and then every car, every bus is all lit up like a, a Christmas tree. It's kind of a cool, cool place to be around December. So, yeah, if you get a chance, go. Um, Love to well, go. I, I, I have to figure out a business reason to sell it to Mark, and then I'll be there. <laughs> well, you've got to be there. You've got to be there. You've, <laughs> you've got to be there, yes. It just makes sense. So, Well, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Thank you guys both very much. Mark Griffin, Ozzy Reynolds, Q Sports International. I appreciate your time and your input, and uh, hopefully well, I'll speak to you again. You guys again real soon? Yeah, cool. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Thank you.